Welcome back. This is Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the professor and my co-host is the DJ. Reports of our death have been greatly exaggerated. We were able to broker a piece of the penguins and we've been allowed back on the internet. We're back. Uh, we missed a lot of good stuff, though. I know. I know. What did we miss? We missed, oh yeah, the um, Olympics and the Open. Yeah, ceremony. at least they have TV in Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Opening ceremony was fun, though. Yes. Which part was your favourite? I really liked the um, the charades for the pictograms. Oh, yeah. My favourite would be the lighting of the torch. I mean, the torch looked awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty cool torch. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I was I was a bit cheesed off they didn't ha- include any anime characters in it, like Goku or Naruto or, any- or even Miyazaki, for that matter. Yeah, considering that... Uh, the Japanese Prime Minister used a warp pipe to get to Rio for the um, acceptance speech. There's surprisingly little, like, nerd culture stuff there. Yeah, you would think, like, Japan, home of, like, nerd culture. Would, Where would was exist- their, like, um, their mech? Yeah, Gundams, yeah. Yeah, Gundam, that's it. <laughs> All I remember... Weren't they building a life-size Gundam? Oh, yeah, they, they were building a life-size Gundam, yeah. Why uh, wasn't that in there? Finally, we could have a battle. Do you remember <laughs> that weird dragon thing from the uh, Sydney Olympics? Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. We could have a battle between that and <laughs> the Gundam. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, um, although they did use uh, video game music during the Athletes Parade. Yeah, and they use the uh, manga speech bubbles for the signs with the country names. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, but some of the so- uh, some of the songs that were featured in the um, in the opening ceremony they were from really popular games, if I recall. Yeah, a whole bunch of uh, of Dragon's Quest. Uh, they had the Final Fantasy Victory theme, which is the one that keyed me into it. Um, a lot of yeah, just Japanese games. So a handful of Final Fantasies, some Nia, Sonic the Hedgehog, Kingdom Hearts, all in a really nice orchestral style. Yeah, here we go. Here are some uh, so Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, Monster Hunter, Kingdom Hearts, Ace Combat, Chrono Trigger, Sonic the Hedgehog, Soul Calibur as well. I'd love to get that on a, a CD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've noticed there must be something up with the um, video game soundtracks in Japan because every special edition like remaster of a game that comes with a soundtrack can only be bought in Japan. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, you, you, and it's rare to get some um, of the soundtracks in Western countries. Like the only, yeah. the only time you can only get those soundtracks is if you want to sail the high seas, which we... Do not uh, do not condemn. Uh, well, you could it. gray import. Hmm? You could do a gray import. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can do a gray import. Yeah, but the only problem would be the region lock and everything. There's no region lock on music CDs. Okay, okay. Although there was the Sony uh, root kit, but luckily they've learned from that mistake. They were not popular. Anyway, did you see the June trailer? Oh yes, I did. 
I did see that June trailer. Sad. That... So good. <laughs> oh, when I saw it, I just went, the professor will love this. The professor will really, really love this. I did. I am so desperate for this movie to be good enough to get a sequel because they're only adapting the first half of the book. There's two very distinct sections of the book and uh, yeah, roughly halfway through is where they seem to be cutting it off. But we've got to wait till oct- near the end of October before we find out. <laughs> Unless if they do another delay because of the yeah. <laughs> I have um, put my name in for the lottery to get a um early viewing ticket nice i hope it doesn't get delayed anymore <laughs> yeah but it's crazy though like it's weird how they they're going to be doing a a cinema and a hbo max kind of thing lots of companies are doing that now yeah just but because of covid have, have you seen have you seen the the backlash for it though of what's happened in the recent days about it's- june yeah, uh, with um, other companies doing the whole oh. simultaneous releasing. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of contract disputes. Yeah. And Disney are being absolutely horrible to Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Like, she made 20 million bucks doing it, doing Black Widow. 20 million bucks is a lot of money. And on one hand, I'm like, you know, you got 20 million. How much more could you want? On the other hand, it's Disney. Take them for everything they've got. <laughs> but no, the um, Disney are being ridiculous with this. They're saying, you're just not being compassionate uh, about COVID. No, she's expecting you to keep the bloody contract. It's not only um, Scarlett that's doing Emma Stone has now joined the, joined the ranks as well. Yeah, I hope it gets changed because the contracts they signed never had uh, streaming revenue in, intended in it for, well, for release anyway. So their contracts likely only mention the cinema revenue. I think it uh i think disney's hoping to use that as an excuse to not pay them out because all this money that you got in release week from the streaming that's not uh cinema revenue so you can't have it <laughs> and screw disney i know but you know where are you gonna go disney now owns like more than 50 percent of the movie market who are you gonna go you get you get blacklisted from disney what are you gonna do yeah yeah and that's the sad part, though. Like, they these guys are earning like a ton of money that only we can dream of. It. Oh. Yeah, I mean, amounts aside, I don't like seeing people get screwed over for work that they did. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, before we oh, move oh. on to our actual topics for tonight, ten words or less. What did you do during our break, DJ? Oh, worked, 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 worked. You're boring. <laughs> So I'm going to go back and count that in editing. <laughs> I went to a funeral, nearly lost an eye, and got engaged. Not Aww. all at the same time. <laughs> Congratulations. I know. I'm surprised I got to keep my eye. <laughs> Careful with car doors. I bent down in front of a car door and jammed the corner of the car door right into my eye socket. Oh! Like, luckily, my eye squished, like, squished out of the way, and it just ended up cutting up the uh, the socket. But that was not fun. So one could say you slept with one eye open. Uh, well, it was all bright red for a couple of weeks, and I had a hell of a black eye. <laughs> Turns out, if you get a bruise in your eyeball, it doesn't go dark. Ooh, gruesome. Yeah, so just red eye. (laughs) 
<laughs> Must have been frightening, though, sleeping with one eye open. <laughs> no, I could close the eye. It was a bit painful, but as long as I didn't, like, look around uh, with my eyes, I had to turn my whole head because otherwise I'd pull the, the muscles. But anyway, uh, our first topic for tonight, the California gaming PC ban. Are you ready, DJ, to go undercover to get access to your gaming PCs? <laughs> um, how many how many uh, borders do I have to jump and will I, am I the sacrificial lamb for the border patrol? Actually, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> well, there's six US states that are bringing this in, but it's not as bad as you think. I recommend checking out the Jay's Two Cents videos that we all link in the show notes because they're really good in-depth discussions of it. But basically, California, uh, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Hawaii, and Vermont have brought in power consumption regulations. Now, the point is that it's for PCs that are in idle mode. So when your PC, uh, your PC has half a dozen different states it can be in, ranging from idle to full power. When your PC is in idle, uh, they want it to use below a certain amount of power. But it's got a uh, modifier called an expandability score. If you take the amount of power and then the modifier, which is stuff like features that the computer has, uh, you know, the number of USB ports, the if it has an inbuilt graphics card, if it has uh, liquid cooling or a faster Ethernet chip, because... Uh, yeah, 10 gigabyte Ethernet uses a bit more power than your regular Ethernet. Then that all gives you the ability to use more power at idle. Does it remind me of those? Um, I, I remember, um, remember when the when uh, the carbon tax was a thing and everyone was worried about power usages and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and um, I used to remember TV shows would be like, um, turn off, turn off your TV instead of going to stand putting it on standby to save your electricity. Yeah, well, that's part of the point of this, because there's a thing called phantom power. Any device that's plugged in and not turned completely off will use a usually very small amount of power. But Jay's Two Cents did some testing, and they found out that some monitors are using absurd amounts of power for being turned off. What are they doing? <laughs> Uh, so the regulations apply to pre-built PCs, only pre-builds. You can buy parts and build your own PC and get around it, uh, and monitors. Now, m- most monitors uh, seem to fall under it from what Jay was saying. He did some testing, and it's a bit hit and miss. Um, he basically said he needs to do more testing to find out what sort of monitors already fit under the guidelines. But the... Long term, this is you know not going to have any effect on you as a consumer. You can still buy your PC. You can still buy your pre-built. The Alienware is creating configurations for California and the other states that meet the regulations. They yeah, might the cost ha- a little bit more, but you know I get why people are concerned. I think this is a great idea though, because yeah, there's he, a Phantom he, Power is a spread across. As many devices as we have now, phantom power draws a hell of a lot of energy, even when you're not home. But here's the problem, though, Professor. Like, yeah. wouldn't that hamper your the performance if you were to like 
say like, okay, um, let's say I play in New York and we don't have this um this law, and you're playing California, wouldn't the performances be different? Like, if it's the same computer but operating on different laws, basically. Yeah, it's not actually um, an issue because it only applies to uh, idle state. So as soon as you start using your computer and it goes into a high power state for gaming mode, problem solved. You will go back through to full performance. So I think this is a case where something that with good intentions and obviously the limits of... uh, any regulation has led to people overreacting and spouting bullshit because nothing sells better than spouting bullshit. And it also comes down to how do they how they marketed the whole thing. I mean, it's not it's poorly well, marketed. Yeah, marketing helps. Yeah, it's hard to communicate because it's all in fancy um, law speak. Yeah, what's the word? Legalese. Yeah, <laughs> because it's in legalese. Things can be pretty complicated to understand for lay people, um, which topic for another time. But I think that's a big issue with um, with the legal system that it's almost impossible for a non lawyer to understand some of these things. I'd like to think that there's a way to fix that and make it easier for people to understand. But whether that's through uh, using better defined language or something, I Really don't know, but yeah. Anyway, um, so there will be ways around this if you absolutely must have a computer that doesn't comply to uh, the CEC Tier 2 regulations. You can buy a computer in another state and get it shipped in. Apparently, according to Jay, people do that with cars all the time because there are stricter laws on emissions and stuff in California. People will get stuff shipped in from Arizona. Yeah, but then there's always, at the expense of like an added like a thousand bucks for a thousand bucks extra for probably not that much. Yeah, probably not that. Think much. about the difference in getting something shipped from you know Sydney compared to Brisbane. Mm. My concern would be how would manufacturing be a uh, manufacturing might be an issue. Can you elaborate? In terms of, um, are they going to build clone? Will there be clones of these monitors? Like, this will be. Uh, if you are, are you sick and tired of these? Uh, mon- of of the, of the new rules. Here's a here's a clone of this thing. As in one that doesn't meet the requirements. Yeah. So and, and it gives you top notch performance at the same time. Like they'll market in a, in a weird in a way that they'll. Well, Again, the performance issue doesn't hold water because as soon as your device goes into high performance mode, your problem is solved. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you were saying this about this only what? applies to idle state. Fair, fair. But uh, you were going to say what were the other um, alternatives? Yeah, so shipping from somewhere where this isn't a law, uh, I'm wondering if you might see like a ninety percent prebuilt, where you get a computer that is. of the way there. And you, so maybe a computer without a GPU, it's set up for a particular GPU. It's an, you know, using Alienware as an example, you buy the Alienware, um, can't remember any model numbers now, but okay, you buy a computer from Alienware. Alienware ships you the computer. It has no GPU, but the design is spec'd out. Uh, They recommend it goes with a 3080 
Funnily enough, Alienware sells 3080 separately. And oh, what a surprise, they've already run the cables and left all the stuff in there to make it easy to mount the GPU because that's a really simple process. You just pop it in and it basically works. Is that a way around it maybe? A sort of 90% kit build where you only have to do one step because I have heard, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. Uh, Actually, Prohibition. During Prohibition, there were companies that sold like powdered fruit juice and they'd have a They'd basically say, oh, by the way, don't mix this with um, water and sugar and leave it in a box for a bottle for six weeks because then you might end up with wine. <laughs> oh, you mean the uh, Vine Glow? <laughs> Is that the name for it? Yeah, it's a grape. Con- so, Vine Glow was a great concentrate brick product sold during the Prohibition. It was, a- it was sold as a grape concentrate to make grape juice, but for. Um, from, but it included a specific warning that told people how to make wine from it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking something a bit like that. You know, here's your computer, not um, that technically meets the uh, requirements. Oh, by the way, if you do this, it doesn't. I don't think that'll be a significant problem, though, because of the... Um, because this only applies to idle state. And I think it's uh, good because, well, idle uh, phantom power and idle draw are just bad. They use up extra power, they heat up the room that the device is in, so then you use more power to cool it. I think it's one of those things where we should encourage the industry to design better, um, better idle power usage. Like, let it ramp up as high as it wants to go, but have a minimum that it has to meet. And that seems to be what they're doing. So, Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But, um, question would be, like, because we've got, because we've got, um, every, every, we've got COVID and everybody's um, trapped in their own homes, I mean, idle state is kind of like the only only thing to go by now. Like, if, if you're working and you have to put your computer, just have a bit of a rest on idle mode and you can't shut it down because that kind of thing, like... Let's say if no, you're, um, you can shut it down. Hmm? Oh, you you can shut it down, but do you mean if you you just mentioned animating? So are you thinking if you leave it going for a few hours while you're running a, a render or something? Yeah. Then that doesn't fall under idle state. Again, it's not affected because to animate, like to render a, an animation, you're using a higher power state to play games using higher power state to compile code using higher power state idle state is basically just you've walked away from your computer and it's gone to sleep mm-hmm. okay will it, uh will it um affect the tech companies consequential consequentially i think so i think this will push demand for uh more efficient components and also i think one of the big changes that you'll see in uh pre-builds is the quality of the power supply. So power supplies have ratings. Started off bronze, silver, gold, then power supplies got so much more uh, efficient than they'd ever thought, and they came up with um, with titanium and so on. But the that's basically just a rating for how efficient your power supply is at turning power it gets from the wall into the power that your computer needs. There's always going to be some loss, 
but the goal is to minimize that as much as possible by having the rating system so people can go to the shops and decide they want an efficient power supply, they'll buy a gold or a titanium. If they don't care, they'll get a bronze. But I think everyone's going to care because I don't think the price of electricity is going to go down. So the basically the amount of useful work you get out of a gold power supply is higher than a bronze one. So I think that's a easy picking for a um, pre-built PC. Do you reckon they should bring the? Uh, I know Australia has the whole star rating system. Does America have that star rating system? I believe so because I don't think it's a government thing. I think it's um a third party. Let me Google that. Actually, I think yeah, Jay mentioned it. So they do have uh, Energy Star in the US. That's it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I should... remember computers used to have that sticker on it. Yeah. Oh, they still do. Uh, okay. On, on, on some I... on monitors and JB Hi-Fi and stuff. Okay, I haven't seen that on anything. We um, you know, I build my own PCs, and the ones I have at work are Dells. But uh, I don't think I've seen that for a while. Okay, they should. I think they should add that onto the monitors for, and gaming PC stuff. Um, in in line with what California is adopting. Yeah. So, um, the California laws also apply to monitors. So, the um, I don't know if they have actual star ratings in Australia. The way we it works is we have a star rating system for energy and water usage. And when you're at the shops, you can actually compare the products by looking at the label because a um, government agency has provided a standard testing method to the um, manufacturers and the manufacturer figures out how it, uh, you know, how much power it uses, how much water it uses, and it gets a rating out of five. So I think that's how this is going to go in the end. Yeah. I think it'll bring it to the front for all computers to be uh, listed with um, some sort of power star rating. I'm looking at the um, looking at the Alienware site and trying to work out if there is a like what is the difference between CEC compliant and non-compliant PCs. But I'm not able to figure that out, so I might have to do a deeper dive into that. So you know, don't panic. You can still get your PC and. Over time, it will actually save you money because you'll be it'll be more efficient. Although, mind you, do you reckon um, with all the GPUs and PS5s all doing the scalping stuff, do you reckon this will curb scalping in a sense? Not at all. No? No, because it doesn't even really apply to GPU sales. Like, there's no requirement for a GPU that you buy as a part to be... A particular efficiency, so it's not going to affect the uh, second-hand market. It's not going to affect the parts market, unfortunately. But you know what can you do? It solves a problem, unfortunately, not the scalping problem. <laughs> For that, we need the guillotine. But moving it along, we have a very interesting science topic tonight. Do you like dogs, DJ? Yeah, I do love dogs. Everyone loves dogs. But dogs can tell when you're lying to them. How? Uh, so they actually have the cognitive function of recognizing deception, which is better than children under five and apes. <laughs> so Ludwig Kuber from the University of Vienna did a study with 260 purebreed dogs 
they'd have two bowls, uh, two covered bowls. A person they'd never met, called the communicator, would indicate a bowl, glance at the dog, and say, this is very good. Dogs would trust the person when the person was pointing to the bowl that had food in it. But once they'd uh, established the trust between the dog and the communicator, they'd change the setup. They'd move food from one bowl to another. And even if the communicators were in the room and saw what happened, the communicators would indicate the, well, the communicators would always indicate the empty bowl at this point, whether they'd stayed in the room and watched the change or if they'd left the room. Um, So they come in and recommend the bowl, which is empty, and the dogs just ignore them. And they've done this experiment with children under five and various apes. The... You would usually ignore a um, communicator who was honest but misleading about where the food was, because as far as the subject knows, the communicator uh, doesn't know that the food's been switched and is so not lying to them, but just saying uh, the food is here. But if the dog, wit- well, if the subject witnesses the, um, knows the communicator was there and witnessed the change, children and primates will fall for it, and go and check out the empty bowl, but dogs will ignore the communicator. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So does that Dogs mean are I, amazing. So does that mean I can I, I have the right to take my dog to the next poker game? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like that dog's playing poker painting. <laughs> yeah. Imagine bringing a dog to, to a poker game and the dog figures out who's the... Who's, uh, who, uh, can figure out who's got the winning hand just by... But J- just by sense, <laughs> how does it do that? Does it do that like that nose tap thing? Yeah, <laughs> I- I'll figure something. They'll figure something out. Could you oh. pretend to be a blind person with a guide dog and oh. go to the casino and train your dog to uh, signal you? <laughs> I don't even know if blind people can play poker at casinos. I presume nah, not because oh, they maybe not, can't but... see the cards. Oh, unless they have like uh, br- uh, cards with braille on it, but. <laughs> Yeah, that would be harder to manufacture because you need to make sure the braille was only visible from one side. Yeah. And would it uh, would it slip properly though? Yeah. Or would it hang up on the bumps? <laughs> or can you imagine taking uh, take, taking the dogs to the courts of law? <laughs> imagine cross examining the witness, like, "Now, nah, Mrs. Havisham, did uh, did you see this young man uh, k- killed the butler?" It's like, no, I did. The dog starts barking like she's lying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn it! Oh man, there's so many avenues you can put, you can use it now that dogs can do that. I mean, it's not like the dog can just look at someone and you know psychically tell that they're lying. But um, more that if the dog witnesses something that proves the person wrong, the dog knows not to listen to them. So less uh, useful, but. Interesting, um, interesting concept. I mean, it does. Uh, it is interesting with the dogs how they have more smell receptors than humans, and this is another. And this is another lesson in: do not mess with the dogs because they have higher senses than humans. Yeah, they also have um, a different brain structure. So dogs have significantly more of their brain devoted to uh, smelling than people do. Now, now we need to f- figure out a way how we can make the dogs talk, so we can make the dogs go. He's lying. Yes, the uh, interesting thing is though, if you think a dog is not being honest with you, you shouldn't wake it up. 
There's an old <laughs> saying, let lying dogs sleep. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you know, be perfect for for that type for this type of dogs. Can you imagine having a dog and um and it, it talks and you're in a relationship and, <laughs> and you lie to your like your partner going like, oh, I was just out with the fellas and the dogs go, no, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you didn't go with your friends. It'd be like another, it'd be like picking up another roommate. So, next up, DJ, what do you have for us? I've got a very interesting story that goes like this Gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all, Pokemon. You remember what I said earlier about how it's better for all of us if you don't sing? Oh, come on, Professor. <laughs> you didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> so, um, the story goes, we've got a new po- Pokemon series in early development at Netflix, and it is going to be written by Joe Henderson, who is serving, who is currently serving as co-showrunner and executive producer for the popular series Lucifer. And this project is a live series... Adaptation akin to the Detective Pikachu film, and uh, Joe Henderson is also going to be, uh, as I said, show, uh, writing it. And executive producer is is also the executive producer of Lucifer, as I said. Um, this move is to develop an original Netflix Pokemon series coming from the streamer that has made itself home to multiple existing Pokemon shows, including Pokemon Indigo League and Pokemon Journeys, among others. This sounds and- like it should be fun. Yeah, and it's interesting how they've been doing this push into anime li- recently with all the, with series like uh, Far Cry, Splinter Cell, Terminator. They've also uh, moving into the live action area with the uh, Cowboy Bebop and One One Piece live action shows coming up soon. Oh, and Death Note, mind you. Okay, well, traditionally live action anime shows haven't gone well. Uh, maybe a animated version of a live action will go better. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get that. But here's the problem, though, when it comes to doing like anime shows in, um, in America, it's always the whole, um, how do I, how, how, how do I ruin a franchise faster? Because the problem with and like Japanese, like with Japanese animation and hu- their their humor is different to Western humor. Oh, of course. That's how humor works. Yeah, although they will give a lack of context and whatnot. So I'm kind of worried. Like, sometimes how... it's just bad. Yeah. Wait, doesn't have anything to do with the humor or the culture or anything. It's just bad. But that being said, though, I, I'm just worried. Like, how are they going to do this? Are they, are they going to make, like, Pikachu? Uh, he's got multiple... <laughs> That we, that we, he, he, this this Pikachu has multiple pronouns and and is very very sensitive to uh, stuff. I'm like, no, you ruined an iconic character. Well, that could be done well. I mean, there are other Pokemon that you know can gender flip and stuff. I mean, it wasn't all that long ago that uh, Pikachu was indistinguishable from like had no sexual dimorphism. Then they added the uh, heart shaped tail for the female Pikachus, which means that that episode where they find a Pikachu tribe living in the forest, it's just a bunch of Pikachu bros going camping. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and not to mention, like, uh, are they going to... The other question is going to be, 
are they going to make it a sequel to the Detective Pikachu? Are they, or are they just going to? Is this going to be an original work? That's the other thing. Hopefully, they do their own thing. Maybe set it in the same world, but I don't think. I mean, I think it's getting one, but uh, I don't think Detective Pikachu needs a sequel because they, at least not without a major shakeup, because they pretty well wrapped up the uh, plot line of Detective Pikachu. So, yeah, you could make another Detective Pikachu story, but it would have to be different. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of room in Pokemon for interesting stories to be told that aren't Detective Pikachu stories. Do we have any idea who the actor's going to be? Um, they haven't revealed who the actor who who the actors or the characters are going to be, but pick. Well, uh, if we are going to have a talking Pikachu, can we actually get Danny DeVito this time? <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Just I go cannot ahead. believe how um, how much traction that meme got. <laughs> because in the original uh, Detective Pikachu game. Pikachu does sound like Danny DeVito. Actually, if they wanted to do Detective Pikachu, they could do a bit of a spin-off because in the original game, they never reveal what happened to uh, the partner, but um, in the movie, they reveal that the reason Pikachu can talk is because he's had his mind melded with the uh, other guys with... I can't remember their names anymore, but with Ryan Reynolds. And not to mention, like, in... the with with the uh, Pokemon, it was Pokemon in in initial concept. It was basically oh, there are monsters and you can catch them all and stuff. Then it then it went. Yeah, down. well, it was inspired by bug catching. Yeah, like can you imagine uh, doing do, doing this in the current year? It would just be like evil corporation and evil ma- evil people and evil stuff doing evil things. And is up. Uh- to- what? Where have you been? Have you <laughs> oh, yeah, not Team yeah. Rocket? Although I still, I still don't understand the, the the reason why they why they need that Pikachu even till this day. Isn't it because uh, Ash's Pikachu is particularly strong or something? I've heard like it was to power up some uh, power up a machine or something like that. I mean, there's the other fun fan theory that Jesse and James are so incompetent that Giovanni just gives them a stupid job to keep them out of the way. <laughs> well, I think that's the running gag in the animation series. Yeah, because they are incompetent. Yeah, although at times they, they they do go like, you know what? We hate we hate these new replacements. We're gonna screw them up so badly. Like here's my here's the problem with when it comes to Netflix and animation and doing TV shows. It's not it it wouldn't they wouldn't make it fun. It would just make it into like, okay, we gotta tick every single box we can to make it marketable in a sense yeah i see a risk of that because it is you know pokemon is insanely marketable as it is but they're also going to want to appeal to literally everyone like that's part of what makes pokemon so marketable yeah the games can appeal to anyone so hopefully the people behind it will realize that and uh create a story that appeals to everyone because it's a good story and not because they've got to tick the boxes so, part of our new format is that we are dropping nerdful things from the main lineup for the time being. Just to try it out and see how things go. If you like the change, let us know. If you miss nerdful things, we let us know. So, we'll go straight on to a quick break and then on to the shout-outs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So for the shout outs this week, on the 27th of July this year, we passed the 100th anniversary of the discovery that insulin uh, regulates blood sugar. This was discovered by uh, Frederick Banting and the medical student Charles Best at University of Toronto. Some Canadians. Canadans, because, you know, it doesn't make sense that Canada is Canadian, you know, not Canadia. It should be Canadia or Canadans. <laughs> e? <laughs> Within a year of the discovery, they were able to use uh, insulin to treat diabetes. Prior to this, uh, diabetes was absolutely fatal. So the first description of diabetes comes from 2,000 years ago by Arateus of Cappadocia. Uh, Arateus also wrote that limbs melt to water. I mean, damn, that's a that's a very, that's a mess, messy way to go. Yeah, I think it's uh, referring to the weakness because your body is just not able to process the sugar it needs to stay alive. Cannot be a, a good way to go. On the 29th of July, we had the 20th anniversary of Pokemon Crystal. Crystal is the enhanced version of Gold and Silver, and the final game to be released for the final Pokemon game to be released on the Game Boy Color. It's the first Pokemon game to allow players to choose their gender. Pokemon also gained animated sprites for entering battle. It also gained the Battle Tower. Battle Tower is a lot of fun when you don't have anyone to play with. A infamous uh, bootleg version called Pokemon Vietnamese Crystal has ter- a terrible translation and refers to Pokemon as elves and contains profanity. <laughs> oh, can, I, can you imagine? Uh, here, okay, here's a here's an interesting um th- th- question for you. Can you imagine in the in the Netflix version of Pokemon, the Pokemon starts swearing? <laughs> Darker and edgier. Do it. <laughs> like, Make it happen. Like, can you imagine Jigglypuff after uh, after her, seeing all the people sleeping for, after her singing, and she goes, "I'm out." Damn it, DJ! Now I'm gonna have to edit that. Ah, oh, nuts! I say you've got a mistake in the show notes. You said Pokemon Crystal came out in 2000. Yeah. Uh-huh. On the 27th of July, uh, sorry, onto the remembrances. On the 27th of July, uh, we have Emil Theodore Kosher, or Kosher maybe, a Swiss phys- physician and medical researcher who received the 1909 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for his work on the thyroid. He introduced and promoted aseptic surgery and scientific methods in thyroidectomies, reducing mortality below 1% in, his- in operations performed by him. He was the first Swiss citizen and first surgeon to receive a Nobel Prize in medicine. During his life, he published 249 articles and books and supervised more than 130 doctoral candidates. He was a famous and loved teacher, teaching for nearly 100 semesters. On the evening of the 23rd of July, he was called into the Inselspital? I'm guessing that's his Swiss name. Uh, yes, it's the University Hospital of Bern. 
it named after the St. Michael's Incel con- con- Convent. <laughs> Words. <laughs> You know what's the funny thing? Can you like you know how everyone's having negative connotations to incel? Like they found this. Yeah. Oh, they have a field day with this. (laughs) He felt unwell after completing the surgery and went to bed, uh, where he fell unconscious and died uh, four days later at the age of seventy-five. Yeah, must have had a terrible bedside manner. Very funny. For our famous birthdays, we have Benjamin Meissner, an American radio engineer and inventor, inventor of the electric organ, electric piano, and other musical instruments. He also invented the cat's whisker detector. While he was working at a naval radio station in Washington, D.C., he invented the cat's whisker detector, which received radio waves by, which allowed for receiving radio waves by crystal sets. He left the Navy to work with John Hayes Hammond Jr. and Fritz Lauerstein in 1911, where they developed a wireless control system for torpedoes. So before that, uh, and even some torpedoes and missiles today, actually lay a very thin cable behind them as they go, which carries the control signal. While working for Hammond, he invented the superheterodyne radio system and the electric dog, a prop demonstrating how light changes the electrical conduction properties of selenium. Great name. I have no idea what it is, but great name. (laughs) In the 1920s, he sold 50 of his patents to RCA and used the money to found Meissner Inventions Incorporated. Over the next 30 years, he would uh, work on radio receivers, musical instruments and receivers, phonography, radio dynamics, directional microphones, aircraft radio and other devices. He developed new systems of sound recording and reproduction and perfected the Wurlitzer organ and electronic piano. When he dissolved his company in 1959, he had over 200 patents and sold about 150 of them. He also had some unrelated to radio for adjusting the string tension on a tennis racket and a non-leaking fountain pen. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> he was born in Huntington, yeah, Huntingburg, Indiana. And events of interest are the first flight of the de Havilland Comet on the 27th of July, 1949. The Comet was the first jet-powered airliner. The Comet was developed by Sir Geoffrey de Havilland himself, who started out on working on motorcycles and buses, but after witnessing the Wright Flyer in 1908, decided to build his own. De Havilland's first plane flew in 1910. The maiden flight of the Comet took 31 minutes and was flown by uh, test pilot John Catseyes Cunningham, a night fighter pilot of the Second World War, his co-pilot Harold Tubby Waters, uh, engineers John Wilson, Frank Reynolds, and flight test observer Tony Fairbrother. The Comet set a record speed of 480 miles per hour, but unfortunately the entire fleet was grounded after uh, crashes. Uh, turning out, turned out the part of the reason for the crashes was that the Comet was built with square windows. Oh. So the reason modern aircraft have those rounded windows is because it spreads the stress out better. And one of the major uh, wear points in an aircraft fuselage is from pressurization. So what they eventually figured out is that the um, rounded corners spreads out the stress better and prevents the fuselage from tearing open. And for the weird movie, we've got a very weird one. (laughs) On the 27th of July in 1994... The film Test Tube Teens from the Year 2000 came out. 
starred Morgan Fairchild and Ian Abercrombie. Am I supposed to know who those are, DJ? Nah, not really. But well, yeah. Ian Abercrombie was in Star Wars and Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, the plot is that in the future, corporations have taken over the world and banned sex. The uh, incels we mentioned earlier would not have a problem with that, would they? <laughs> a group of rebellious high school students devise a way to go back in time and change history to prevent that happening. Originally, Donald Sutherland was cast as Dr. Dawn, but backed out at the last minute. <laughs> the original title was Virgin Hunters, but was changed before for being too controversial. Morgan Fairchild filmed her scenes in five days for 10000 per day, and all in one take. <laughs> After production wrapped up, she sent the producer an angrily obscene letter. The film is set in 2019. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> talk about ty- oh, irony. Yeah, it's obviously not uh, very good at predicting the future. But <laughs> bloody hell, this just seems like it's got all these big, um, big name actors in it. Well, reasonably big name actors. But it sounds like some knockoff porn film. <laughs> Oh, it would be funny if it was. Uh, it seems like it's a part of a trilogy, I think. No. <laughs> what was it? Well, IMDb lists two other movies, Virgin Hunters 2 and 3, <laughs> which um, I don't know if that's the based on sequels to the original title or not. But bloody hell, seriously, DJ, you find the weirdest movies. <laughs> Uh, it's the 90s. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, no, it is um it is a sequel. <laughs> oh no. Okay, I'm honestly I'm picking next week, DJ. <laughs> Although it is funny that the weirdest um indie movies are always the ones with nudity. Yep. Well the weirdest sci-fi especially. I mean Barbarella's a classic. <laughs> and it's got tons of nudity. Oh yeah. That launched Pamela Anderson to the big leagues. Pamela Anderson wasn't in um, Barbarella, was she? I think so. No, that was uh, Jane Fonda's The Lead. I always thought Barbarella was a Pamela Anderson movie. Okay. Well, you know. I mean, it's a really good movie, even, um, you know. Okay, going off topic from the actual movie we're talking about, but Barbarella is, like, the most hippie movie ever. (laughs) It's from the 60s, and... It's set in the far future where um, the world is, you know, basically um, as hippie as the most hippie hippie could want it to be. Everyone loves each other. There's no problem with nudity and hooking up with anyone you want. How much? But the, uh, um, how much? How much drug crazed? Uh... Oh, they must have been on some drugs. <laughs> you know the 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 band Duran Duran got their name from Barbarella. Yeah. There's a scientist named Duran Duran. Uh, they drop the D's. But yeah, uh, some of these weird movies are genuinely interest, like worth watching, even if they're really weird. I don't know if this one is, but... We've got to watch it at some point and just see how bad it can You be. can. <laughs> you <are. laughs> anyway, um, we should move on from that. Uh, you know, it's good to be back. We'll see you hopefully next week, unless we mess up our schedule again. <laughs> Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, that'snotcanon.com, where we're an archive of our old episodes. And you can also find some new podcasts, such as A Little History by Patrick Little, 
which is a funny retelling of some of the well some of the well known and not well known stories that make up our collective history. Join the ancient history nerd Patrick Lill and his various guests for history lessons, not quite like any other, as they talk shit, uh, as they sh- shit talk their way through some of the greatest stories ever told. Sounds fun. I'll be checking that one out this weekend. Oh yeah, and you can also check out our YouTube channel. And... Yes, which uh, as part of the big Nerds Amalgamated reboot. We will be getting to shortly. <laughs> Hold us to it, please. <laughs> so, look after yourself, stay hydrated, and we'll see you for our next episode shortly. Hoover. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.